Raiders, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place that everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. Today is episode 87. No more chick hicks on the show today, at least. Or maybe, who knows? You'll have to listen right here and find out. But we're paying homage to two guys you've definitely heard of, and my dad has more. Thank you, Duve, and welcome, everyone, to today's look back at number 87. I hope you enjoyed last week's interview with Chick Hicks. Kachiga! As much as I did. Thank you, Mooms. Today, we focus the Wayback Lens on an early NASCAR pioneer. A robust 781 starts for the 87. 641 of those came from two men. Joe Nemechek has 222 starts so far in the 87, over a career that has spanned more than 30 years and still going, Front Row Joe, a nickname given to him by former teammate Wally Dallenbach, has run in all of NASCAR's national series. In fact, I saw it suggested that Nemechek has made more national starts in NASCAR than any other driver. Wow. He won in the Cup Series three times, but not in the 87 car. However, Nemechek did win the Bush Series championship, driving the 87 in 1992. He won 16 races in the Bush Xfinity Series all in all, all in number 87. Today's other honorable mention goes to Jim Paschal, who we featured in our discussion of number 80. Paschal recorded one win while driving the 87, which came in Martinsville in May 1954. But the man with the most starts and wins in the 87 car was Buck Baker. Over a 27-year career, LZ Wiley Baker, we knew him as Buck, raced in the Cup Series 636 times and recorded 46 wins. 419 of those races and 26 of the wins came in the 87 car. He won two championships during his career and recorded an amazing 372 top 10 finishes. In addition to being a championship racer, Baker also was a track owner and promoter. In fact, it was Baker, together with two partners, who sold their lease of the Charlotte Speedway to the legendary Bruton Smith, who built his Speedway Motorsports empire around that cornerstone jewel. Baker also became known after his racing days were over for running the Buck Baker Racing School, where Jeff Gordon drove his first stock car. Bet you didn't know that. Buck Baker was named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers in 1988, and he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2013. In addition to his own accomplishments, he's also remembered as being the father of Buddy Baker, who was a NASCAR legend in his own right. Sort of like you and me, huh, Duve? Back to you. Thank you, Dad, for the way back segment. No Kachigas today, at least none from Chick Hicks. But who knows, I'm sure we'll have some more down the road. Anyways, 
We'll start this episode off, as we always do, with a good, old-fashioned... As you see from the episode title, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Krause is the guest on the show today. I think probably in the history of Victory Lane, he's got to be the most frequent person. I won't say guest, because I think this is only the first or second time that I'm having him on as as a guest of the podcast. But over the years, covering K&N races, and obviously now he's moved into trucks, you know, he was winning K&N races left and right, and I was there, and I had the audio from him, and I put it in this podcast. So he's probably appeared on the show more than anybody else, but this is the first time, at least in my memory, that we were able to sit down for a little bit. He gave me over an hour of his time and chat for a little bit about him, his career, but a lot about him. And I told him before that I wanted to get him out of his shell a little bit because we can see on TV and in interviews, he's pretty tightened up. He's pretty buttoned up, which is good. Sponsors like that. But I know Derek Krause at the racetrack and outside of the racetrack that is very funny, very fun, and can tell a really good story. And goddamn, did he do a real good job of that here today on the pod. So he recently announced that he'll be back with McAnally Higgleman Racing for 2021, his second year in the Camping World Truck Series. We touched on that. We touched on his eating habits, rooming with Ty Majeski. We said hello to every member of his family in the house during the podcast, literally. That was very fun. Um, yeah, this was pretty much <laughs> one of the most wide-ranging interviews I had ever done in my life, and I really enjoyed a lot of it. We touched on the K&N days, the truck days this past year, growing up, even some food. A lot, a lot of food. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Truck Series contender and day one homie, Derek Krause. The man needs no introduction. We go way back to the K&N days, to the ARCA days, on the short tracks and the bull rings out on the West Coast. It is Wisconsin's finest, Derek Krause. You know him. He's the driver of the number 19 Toyota Tundra for Bill McAnally Racing. Or actually, it's McAnally Higgleman Racing. Is that how you pronounce it, Derek? Higgleman. Higgleman, yep. Got it. Okay. First order of business. This is big news. Do you have braces anymore? Smile for me. No. they've been gone that's just how long you've been away from the racetrack i know i I haven't seen you in so long all right come on put them closer to the camera let's see the pearly whites (laughs) look at those they're pearly they're pearly (laughs) yeah because i was hitting up some some of our mutual friends over the years and saying you know like i'm trying to i'm trying to get some dirt on Derek. i'm trying to get him out of his shell like what should i ask him about and we love heather debeau and she was like you should ask him about his braces because he always had that rear crooked soft smile because he didn't want to show his braces in victory lane but now when you win a truck race this year or if you dip back down into canon or arca you'll be full-fledged smiling because no more braces for you congratulations it's been a long road yep yeah yeah you're right i didn't always smile with my braces but now now i don't got them how long do you have them on too long probably Probably four years yeah that's what i was gonna say i think i had mine for like three maybe but for the entire yeah, time that I've, I've known uh, you, you've well, had him on. I just haven't seen you in that long, so I wouldn't know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, you also just came back from the Snowball Derby, Derek. Let's let's start there. You finished 15th. I think that's the best finish of your Derby career, right? You've been at it for four or so years now? Yeah, that was that was my fifth try at it, and that was my best finish. Normally, we tear some, some stuff up there, but this year, car came back clean, and 
finished fifteenth, which was really good. And your boy Ty won. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool to have the trophy in the house. Oh uh, yeah, North so Carolina. we're gonna get to that, but you know, let's just do it now. So uh, you're in Wisconsin now. You're home with your family. I just said hello to everybody. Your mom's cooking you some breakfast. Lauren's up. This is great. And getting to meet the Krauses all over again. It's great. Yeah. Um, but when you're during the racing season, you're living down in North Carolina because obviously with the partnership with HRE, there's shops down there. And you live with mm-hmm. Timajeski, right? You guys live together. Yep. Yep. How long has that Correct. been going on? Uh, since, well, since we came back racing after the break that we had so i guess i don't even really remember when that was but that's when it happened yeah so you got the snowball derby trophy just sitting in your living room yeah well (laughs) the funny thing was was you know everyone that's such a big deal and the trophy is so cool whatever and ty had it sitting in his car laying across the back seat for probably two weeks what i'm like yeah i'm like ty are you ever gonna bring that in he's like yeah Sure, I'll go get it. And now it's sitting on the floor in front of the kitchen table. So <laughs> at least it's inside. I can't believe you just it's like it's like one of those uh those big checks that you get like for winning a golf tournament mm-hmm. or like a charity thing and it just like sits in your trunk or in the backseat of your car. It's like are you gonna ever do yes. anything with that? But this is the most prestigious trophy in super late model race, and it's just chilling in the back of his car. He's better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, you're right. It was it was sitting in there for a while. But he finally got it out, so now it's by your kitchen. Yep, yep. Now it's sitting by the kitchen counter. Okay, good. I'm glad we got floor. that. Glad we got that under mm-hmm. control squared away. Uh, before we move on, Snowball Derby a little bit more. I've never been to the race in Pensacola. I really want to go. Uh, couldn't go this year for obvious reasons. But the cachet that surrounds that specific event, it's unlike anything that I've really seen or experienced. I mean, it it is the super late model race, right? It's the Daytona 500, mm-hmm. the Indy 500 of super late model racing. And like you said, you've been involved in it driving for the last five or so years. And I know you went down there for the race, even if you weren't competing in it a lot of years prior, your dad competed in it a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. What is the cachet surrounding that event? Like, and what, like, why is it such a big deal? Um, I just think cause of all the, I mean, it gets hyped up as you know, a lot and you go there and you go there the week before test and then Wednesday is just hauler parking and tech. And even that's just, I mean, it's just a crazy weekend. There's so many cars and so many good cars. Like this year, there was a lot of good cars and a lot of good cars that didn't even make the race. Yeah. Then had to go through the last chance race. But it's a, I mean, you got to experience it before. I mean, it's tough to describe, but you, you got to experience it. That's for sure. When I get down there, can you be my tour guide? Yeah, for oh, sure. Cool. Glad we got that under me. control too. Um, mm-hmm. Slinger Nationals also that holds yeah. a similar bit of cachet in terms of the super late model world. That obviously is an event that's special to Wisconsin, your home state. You've grown up there. You're there now. It's very close to your heart. You finished top five there this year. That must've been pretty cool to finish in top five in one of the most prestigious races that you've grown up with your entire life. Yeah, that, that, that race was definitely cool. Just, I mean, that one's, to be honest, I think that one is a tougher race to make in qualifying than the Derby just because there's 40-something cars and there's yeah. only 12 that make it on time. Mm-hmm. And I've never made it on time. I haven't even I – don't, I don't even think I was close ever, to be honest with you. But somehow <laughs> I always make through the last chance races. And then this year we had a really good car and was able to drive to fourth. I got into Bubba early and 
spun him around, but then I had to go to the back and I had come back through the field and yeah. I was able to get to fourth, which is, I was really happy with. So that was, that was a good race to start off with the year with the super. Were you um, competing in that one event? Um, I forget what year it was, but I think Matt Kenseth won the race. It may have been when with he was retired. Eric Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you in that? I was watching. That must have been fun to watch then. <laughs> yeah, it was a good race to watch. So that leads me to my next question, which is Wisconsin produces like a ridiculous amount of talent when it comes to racing. Let me name off some of these people for you. And you, Derek, you probably know them. A lot of listeners do too. Alan Kowicki, Matt Kenseth, Johnny Sauter, Jim Sauter, all the Sauters, Rich Bickle, Dick Trickle, Natalie Decker, Josh Balicki, Travis Quapple, Ty Majeski, Dave Marcus, Paul Menard, Scott Wimmer, Derek Krause, Mark Krause. There's so many drivers from Wisconsin that have had success in NASCAR and that are household names, and you wouldn't really think that. I mean, you, you see the California boom with Harvick, Johnson, yeah. Jeff Gordon, all that stuff, and, you know, obviously North Carolina is the hub. But why is Wisconsin seem to be a hotbed for racing talent? Tell me the secret. What's in the water? The cheese. That's it? The cheese. The cheese curds. Yeah. And the snow. Like right now, we don't have much, but we got a little bit of snow. And driving on the roads helps. Does it actually? I don't know. It's a (laughs) lot of fun. You got to experience it. It's a lot of fun to drive on the roads when it's snowing. But I don't know. But there is a lot of... Like you said, there's a lot of people that have came from Wisconsin that have raced in the top three series, and I think that's pretty cool just because I feel like the short track racing up here is really tough, and there's a lot of good cars that are in the races every single weekend, and I feel like that helps a lot. So it kind of teaches you race craft and the intricacies of racing Mm -hmm. every now and then. And, I mean, like you said, you cut your teeth on the short tracks in Wisconsin, and – K&N, you dominated those couple years because it was made up of short tracks and it took you back to what you yeah. were growing up. Yeah, yeah, correct. And that's, I mean, I'm where I live, I could race, back when I raced Super Late Models full-time, I could race Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, right. Sunday night. And the two on Thursday to Saturday, or three on Thursday to Saturday, all within a half over my house here. Damn. So that was really cool. And then, I mean, there's just a lot of racing going on. And that's kind of like considered normal for, you know, people that race super late models year round. It's not just once a week on Sunday afternoon. It's like multiple races a week, sometimes multiple yeah. races per night. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the normal up here. And I don't know that I, I like that. I mean, it's like, I mean, you get, you get a lot of racing in. Which is a stark contrast from what you did this year, which is just after the pandemic break showed up, raced, went home. Like that had to be a really yeah. big adjustment for you. <laughs> That was weird. So, like, the race at Charlotte, for example. So, where Ty and I live, it's, like, five minutes from the house. And normally, like, a normal race day, you get up early in the morning, you go to the racetrack, and you either practice or qualify or have an autograph session or something. Mm -hmm. And at Charlotte, we literally left. The race started at, like, 7.30. And we left the house at 6. That's bananas. It was the weirdest thing ever. Left the house at 6 got there and I went straight to the hauler sat in the hauler for an hour or so and then went to the grid at like 725 and just immediately got in were you like it wearing so- your fire suit as you walked out the door no 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 I that would have been funny <laughs> that would have been funny but I put it on at the track but it was it was so weird 
Yeah, especially because you live so close there. So you literally just yeah got in the car and went. That's that's yeah. Bizarre. I could have walked. <laughs> yeah, you could have probably if you allowed the time, get a little workout in before race, walk yeah. back. You, you wouldn't want to walk back though after the race. That would be kind no. Of sad. No, one to one to walk. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, well, let's talk about your rookie season in trucks overall. Finished eleventh in the point standings, just missed out on a playoff berth, but you had a career best run at Darlington. We'll get to that and that amazing throwback scheme to Ron Hornaday Jr. But I feel like this year for you, Derek, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it was a big learning year for you, considering the jump from K and N, what's now Arca, to trucks. You know, a lot of people say the jump from trucks to Xfinity and then Xfinity to cup, it is a monumental shift and change because you can go from contending to wins to contending for top twenties. Um, and you Mm -hmm. were contending way better than top twenties this year in trucks, but still the competition level from K and N K and N West to the truck series, it's huge. And it's a big, big, steep learning curve. So given all that said, how do you think that you did this year in your rookie year? Um, I felt like, I mean, I felt like it was pretty good. I, Still, I feel that I should have won Darlington if I would have not made a mistake off of two. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of all part of it. And like like you said, we had a lot of top tens and a few top fives, which was really good. And I felt like that was really good for a team, especially with no practice or anything. Right. With learning the track. Every track was basically new for me, mm-hmm. except for a handful. But, um, I don't know. I thought it was a lot of fun going to tracks kind of blindfolded and not knowing anything, but uh, I mean, everyone was kind of in the same boat to a certain extent. And uh, it was just fun year overall. See, I'm interested that you thought it was fun going to these tracks blind because from my perspective, I would say, wow, that's a huge disadvantage for you considering, I mean, yeah, you got eye racing, but it's nothing like Uh the real thing and you don't have practice laps. You don't have qualifying to get a feel for things, but you did adjust (laughs) pretty quickly. And like you said, there was a lot of other people that, were in their rookie seasons or were going to these tracks for the first time. So you definitely weren't alone, but it still had to be a little bit tough. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those it's kinda like one of those deals where like if your friends are doing it, you kinda gotta do it. Yeah. So it's like everyone else is wide open, so I have to be wide open. Yeah. And that was kind of the deal and just had to adjust to it and learn basically the new normal and that was the new normal for the time being, and I feel like I adjusted to it pretty well. I mean, some tracks were harder to figure out than others. Like, for example, Darlington was a really tough track to get a hold of, but throughout the race, I feel like I got better and learned the track throughout the day. I know that the Cup Series returned to Darlington. I, I forget. Did Trucks, was their first race back at Darlington too? No. Charlotte was okay. our first race back. Right, okay. And you also yeah. completed almost 100% of the laps this year, which I think only you and a couple other drivers did. I think the official thing was 99.2%. But, yeah. hey, I mean, if you didn't finish off the lead lap those, like, couple times, you would have completed 100% of the laps, which is pretty wild. Nobody's ever done that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cool to see. I didn't, I didn't really think of that mm-hmm. until someone tagged me in on Twitter. Yeah. And I... To be honest, the first thing I did was send it to my mom. I was like, <laughs> check this out. <laughs> and But it was, I mean, it, that that was pretty cool, I thought. I sent it to Bill. And, I mean, you don't really realize that stuff. And that's yeah. why there's people like 
people like you that keep track of all that, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, not I'm not an analytics <laughs> darling, but there's this guy, David Smith, who is, uh, which leads me to my next question. So I think you also retweeted this, so you saw it, but he works for a website called Motorsports Analytics, does great work. You were in the 99th percentile in preferred groove restarting, the 85th percentile in production equal equipment rating, peer, which is good. Uh, and you were in the 77th percentile in surplus passing value. I assume that those stats don't really mean much to you because you don't think about those at all. But what that means is that out of your age bracket, you were either at the very top or really close to it for truck series rookies. So that's got to feel good too. Yeah, that that was good. I mean, you can't let Freddie get too much credit with the no. preferred pick or pickling, whatever. Choose cone. Can't yeah. let him get. Yeah, can't let him get too much credit. That was me. Mm. Just kidding. That was probably mostly him. But I actually I listened, listened to, to your radio. It was all him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, trust me, he knows. He knows that it was all him too. Oh, he, I know that, that he knows. He says he, it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was it was brought up at the derby quite a bit and <laughs> but yeah it was i don't know that was i guess those seem like good numbers right they are, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's it's it was a pretty good year i'd say i feel like i mean most drivers probably don't pay attention to stats they're just in the car or the truck doing what they do but when you uh -huh. hear stuff like that do you think about it like do you think back on it and you say oh I do remember this one restart or, oh, I do remember passing this truck here and there or whatever, or is it all just kind of a blur to you and you just go and do your thing? Well, you're, you're not, like you said, you're not thinking about it at all at all. But then once the stats do come out, you yeah. look at it and it's really interesting. Like I was really confused on the one that David posted at first <laughs> that I I asked my mom about it and she explained it and told me about it. And then, then I got it and understood it. And it, it's actually, that was actually pretty cool. Kathy How Krause. they figure that stuff out. I have no idea. He is ridiculously smart. Um, I talked to yes. him at Daytona and uh, I like felt intimidated listening to him, like speak to me, like as a colleague, just because his, like his vocabulary is ridiculous and he's just very confident yes. in how he speaks. He's, He's so smart. He's like super underrated in the NASCAR media world, but he also does a lot of like um, young prospect uh, development and rankings. So he's uh -huh. been following your career for a while and he's mentioned you a lot. He's really cool and he knows his stuff <laughs> for sure. Yeah. He, uh, he actually used so that I'm with that rising star management group mm -hmm. and he used to work for him. Mm -hmm. And whenever I need help talking or help, I don't know, learn some stuff about talking. He's always the guy that helps me. Yeah. So he's, like you said, he's really good. And he's got a lot of big words that he talks about. Oh, yeah, he does. I have I have slightly less big words, but I would be more than willing yeah. to help you talk. All right. <laughs> yeah. Putting that offer on the table. <laughs> okay. Um, at Michigan, you spun across the finish line backwards and still finished top 10. Has that ever happened to you before? Yeah. No. Nope. Had to be but pretty wild in the moment. That was so it was weird because I didn't know so I knew I was spinning, but I didn't know where the start finish line was. Yeah. So I just to be honest, I closed my eyes and stood on the gas because I didn't know where the start finish line was. And then like I I remember like spinning all the way around and going forward and I was in the grass 
And I was looking around like, where am I? Did I cross the finish line? And Freddie's like, well, you finished eighth backwards. And I was like, well, that'll be a good picture then at least. And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm hanging one of those pictures. It was a good picture. Yeah, it was really cool pictures. Yeah. But it was, that was probably the craziest finish I've had. Uh, Kansas also this year, you missed your graduation to go and compete in that race, but I hope that Mm -hmm. you still wound up getting your cap and gown and you still had a makeshift ceremony and everything. I, I didn't have the makeshift ceremony, but I do have my cap and gown, Okay. but I like, I've never been to a school dance. So graduation, just, just another thing that I missed. Yeah. No big deal. I was at the racetrack. Yeah. (laughs) You're at the racetrack whenever, like, that's that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of young drivers growing up, you know, they would miss prom and homecoming and all these different things, mm-hmm. but that was just what they had to do because that was normal. And, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you probably would rather be at the track anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially with how this year has been and how yeah. crazy it's been. I feel like at the track was a better place anyways. Was your girlfriend mad that you couldn't take her to prom, though? Hmm no good i she's here is she let's meet her come on well actually yeah no let's do it her name is stephanie i know her name is stephanie i have her on my uh outline right here i need to ask her a question you have her on the outline yeah i need to ask her a question okay here you go hi stephanie how are you Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I have a question. Welcome to the Victory Lane podcast, first and foremost. Thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm wondering, how much does Derek pay you to put up with him every day? <laughs> Not enough. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, corroborating the sources that I have uh, figured out over the last couple weeks. But I figured it was not nearly enough. So, Derek, please get on that. Yeah. Well, that was a fun detour. Yeah. My mom made eggs for breakfast. You can go grab them and eat while we podcast. That's that's the go-to, eggs. I just made uh, eggs, hash browns, and bacon. Ooh. See, living living by myself now, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest downfall, is Ty and I don't cook. You got to learn. Yeah. It's not up for that. I'm more of like a Jack's pepperoni pizza guy and um, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Taco mm-hmm. Bell. I mean, I spend way too much money on fast food, but it's, I mean, there's n- there's not enough bang for your buck with cooking your own food, I don't think. You, see- you spend an hour making it, and then it's 15 minutes eating it. Okay. I mean, that's just not worth the time i understand it from that perspective but bang for your buck you'd be surprised like you can go to the grocery store and get like basic yeah. ingredients and yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to take an hour but it's pretty you sound cheap like my mom well, you sound like my mom right now well sorry i mean i guess we're both good cooks so we have that going for us what's your yeah. uh what's your go-to from chick-fil-a the club it's like grilled chicken with lettuce tomato Bacon. You get grilled it, chicken from Chick-fil-A? Yeah. And it has to have Chick-fil-A sauce on it or else I won't oh, eat it. Oh, obviously. Yeah. I, yeah. I would drink straight Chick-fil-A sauce. I think I have. Me too. Actually. 
It's you can't so get grilled good. chicken from Chick-fil-A, though. That's No, you Why? can't be doing that. Chick-fil-A is known That's... for their fried chicken sandwich or their nuggets. You don't get grilled. I'm on a diet right now, as you know, because you always make fun of me for that. Uh, but So I got grilled nuggets the other day. But I, I yeah. never get grilled anything when I go there unless I'm on a specific diet. You got to get the regular sandwich. Get the regular club. Come on. Okay. I'll do it next time. Um, you also mentioned Jack's Pizza. I had a question about that on my outline too. I said, okay. "What is Jack's Pizza, and do you only eat it with Mountain Dew?" Yeah, that's the only thing you can eat it with. Well, what, what's so special about it? Is it a Wisconsin thing? It's good. I mean, I can't believe you guys haven't had any. You get like you're missing out. Is it only in like Wisconsin? In, no, you can get them in, at Walmart. Okay. In North Carolina. What's so good about it? I don't know. It's thin crust. Pe- it's good. You swear I mean, by it, it and you can't even describe what's good about it. It's, I mean, the, it's got to be done right. Like, perfect. Like, a little bit of gold in it, in uh-huh. the cheese. I mean, it's, it's top of the line pizza. But they're just frozen pizzas. I know. That's what's so crazy about it. Okay. Next they're time you have a Jack's there. pizza. You tell me what to put the oven temperature at, how long to put the pizza in. 425, okay, 12 how long? minutes. Okay, thank you. 425, 12 minutes, Jack's Pizza. Pepperoni, is that your specialty? I mean, there's so many. Pepperoni, sausage, cheese. I mean, they got everything. Okay. But in Walmart down there, they only have cheese and pepperoni. So then I just get the pepperoni. All right, I'll tell you what. There's no Walmarts close to me, but I will investigate different retailers nearby. And if they do not mm-hmm. have Jack's Pizza, I will order it off of Amazon or Walmart online. I will preheat mm-hmm. my oven to 425, throw my pizza in for 12 minutes, and I will do mm-hmm. a review for you and post it on Twitter. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah. Um, what's his name? That Dave? Portnoy, yeah. Barstool guy. He gave it a bad, bad review. It's a frozen pizza. I know, but he gave it a bad review. He didn't cook it long enough. Okay. He probably did, what, 11 minutes, 45 and ranch. seconds? Oh, love ranch. ranch on pizza. Yeah. Dip it in ranch, and it's oh, yeah. that much better. I still can't believe that you get grilled chicken from Chick-fil-A. That's, like, that's bad. <laughs> it's not good. Does uh, does Taco Bell go right through you like it does everybody else? Yes. Told yeah. you I'm getting you that's out of your right. shell here today, Derek. <laughs> That's why we call it Toxic Kill. Oh, I like that. Toxic Kill. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Have you had the spicy nuggets from McDonald's yet? Sam Mayer swears by them. I don't like spicy foods. Mm. You would not but like I my girlfriend. Can't eat it. Cannot eat spicy foods. I will foods. say, I will say, the spicy nuggets, you don't have to get them because like, they honestly just kind of mm. taste like regular McNuggets with a little bit of tang. I was disappointed. I don't know why Sam likes them so much. They're really not that great. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, when I read, like, actually, this was last night. Remember at Watkins Glen when Sam, when I was doing the East and West Coast thing, and Sam told you, I'm not worried about Derek anymore. He's 12 points back. Uh That to this day still makes me mad. Does it? Yes. I'm going to tweet this out and tag Sam. You know that. Remember when Sam wrecked Chase at Bristol? Uh, on lap one, yeah. Yeah, 
And that race was the race that Bill like pulled the pin and was like, we're just going to focus on the West. I like, as soon as that happened, I texted Bill and was like, don't you wish we were in Bristol right now? <laughs> what did he say? He goes, I knew you were going to text me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that to this day still, still gets me going. Did you ever bring it up with Sam? No, no. I, I really haven't talked to him. You I haven't cool really, really seen him lately. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really seen him lately. Yeah, I mean, you're both Wisconsin boys, so you should go snowmobiling together or something. He's got a go kart yeah, track like, by his house or at his house. Yeah, he's in Milwaukee though. That's like mm. three and a half, four hours away. Didn't I read somewhere that um you and your dad to go to all the K&N West races, you had to drive like two hours to the Minneapolis airport each way every single time. Yeah, because it was cheaper. What'd you do for four hours in the car? Like every single weekend slept. <laughs> your dad's probably bored. <laughs> yeah. My dad drove. Well, now my dad drives to every race in the motor home. Really? So I don't know. He just likes driving. Yeah, I don't know why. Can't take the driver does. out of the race car driver, I guess. No, he just loves driving, and I don't know why, but he does. <laughs> Are you still scared of heights? Because do you remember the Bass yeah. Pro Shops in Memphis when we were in the elevator together? Yep. So, funny story was, like, two nights ago I went skiing, mm -hmm. and I was on the ski lift, and I didn't <laughs> forgot how high up they were, and there's no, like, belt or quick. anything. And I'm like, ugh. We're pretty high up there. <laughs> but, yeah, that was not good. It popped up on my uh, Snapchat memories like a little bit ago, and it was just like a 20-second video of you looking down. You're like, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was me, uh, Chase, and maybe Todd Gillen was there too. I forgot. Maybe it was Haley. I don't know. But we were all just laughing at you and trying to like poke funny. That was funny. So I'm glad that you're still scared of heights. That's good. Yeah, definitely still scared of heights. Um, all right. Another question. I have like two sections of my outline here. One is like serious stuff. One is like your upbringing and then one is, uh, your, the fun stuff. So okay. it was last year or two years ago at South Boston. And I think it was after Giannis just like dropped 50 points or something like that. And I was watching the game in my hotel room and I asked you to pronounce his last name and you absolutely failed miserably. So I'm going to give you a second shot. Can you please pronounce the Milwaukee Bucks star player Giannis's last name? I it's Jan I honestly don't know. Please try. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, that's better. That's better. Cuz before you said and I quote, "Jan Kumpanato." I have the video. I'll show you later. I'll text it to you after. But you said, Yun Kumpanato in your little Wisconsin <laughs> accent. And I was dying laughing. I was laughing. And you could see the reflection of me in your sunglasses. That's how bad it was. Yeah. It, yeah, I remember that still. You glad that uh, he signed that max deal, though, so we stay in? Yeah. I don't watch much basketball. But, I was yeah, say, that's good. Yeah, Sounds really great. Much basketball. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin football, though, More they did all right this guy. year. Yeah. Not the Badgers, but the Packers are doing good. Packers are doing very, very well. You think Rodgers is mm -hmm. going to win MVP? Yeah. You know it's good when he's got the belt back. Oh, yeah. When he's doing the belt thing. Yeah. Just count double check, baby. Yep. That's I find it uh, 
NASCAR angle here. I find it interesting that since he and Danica broke up, he's just been balling out. I think it's the Danica curse. You think? Yeah. Is Ricky because, involved in that too? Yeah, because I feel like Ricky struggled while he was dating her, and now he's got a new girlfriend, and now he's doing pretty good in that 47 car. Yeah. And Aaron looked like he was 50 years old when he was dating her playing football, <laughs> and now he looks like a 27-year-old again playing football, tossing okay. the ball around. If that's what it takes, then that's it, what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Ty and I are convinced that's that's what it is. I need to do some more research on like who else she's dated in her life or been married to and see like what their life post Danica was like, you know, because we need to get a bigger sample size here. Yeah. And let me say, we love Danica Patrick. I would love to have her on the podcast. Derek, you can join too. I mean, she's great. She's from the Midwest, you know, yep. it'd be great to catch up with her, but you can't really argue with the results. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Look at um, the stats. All right, I had, I have a question about your sister now. Um, why is she taller than you? I don't know. She here? But she is. I heard way someone laugh. <laughs> oh, hi, Stephanie. She's still there. Only because I'm taller than Barrett. Yeah, and she's like a full head taller than me. Ooh. Hey, Davy. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Yeah, she's like. Well, she's a big basketball girl. Yeah. So she's got to be tall. Is she more athletic than you? I think so. No, no. I can still yes, beat her. I without yes, a doubt. I, I can still beat her. <laughs> more okay. athletic than him without a doubt. I would say so, yeah. I also it's wrote. Tough. Sorry, go ahead. It's tough, but I can still beat her in a basketball game. No, you cannot. I don't think you could. She would, she would block you every single time. I'm like Steph Curry. I, oh, you're geez. not actually. I feel like you just. I feel like you don't know how to shoot a basketball. I I don't know. Like my my shot is really unorthodox and it looks so bad. It looks like a chess pass. But when I'm hot, I'm hot. Like feed me. But I'm still not that good. And I feel like I would just block you. Lauren would also block you, and you would flop, and it would be bad. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I also did write though because I knew you were gonna maybe give me some shit for that. I said you're still plenty athletic and could beat me up very easily though. Because that's probably true, too. Probably. I mean, you wrestled, and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I miss wrestling. You wrestled all four years, right? Yep. Won a state title? Yep. Went to a state title? I went, as a team, we did. But I was always gone racing during individual stuff. Wow, there's no I in team, Derek. Don't you know that? Yeah, true. How'd you get into wrestling, though? My dad wrestled, mm. and then I think I was four when I first started wrestling. Damn. And then wrestled ever since. You miss it, you said? Yeah. Who's my that? Mom's, my mom says that she got me into wrestling. Well, don't lie. Yes. Let's get the facts yes. straight. Yes, because I sent them on the way with Mark, and then they come back with the little shoes and the little baby singlets. What about the little, uh, are, are the singlets called the, the things on the ears? No, singlets are the little cute little outfit okay, that they wear. Okay, okay. Yeah, the headgear is like the head that protects their ears. But I taught them how to throw a ball. Wow, good for you. Yeah. So you yeah. owe everything to your mom, Derek. Absolutely. Hey, Andy, who's going to win today? Absolutely. Everything. Wisconsin or Michigan State basketball? 
I didn't know. Oh, I forgot we played today. Uh, you'll probably win. Yeah. Actually, no, we'll win because we lost to Northwestern and we're going to be hungry, so we'll come back. We'll win. You were ranked number four, weren't you? Yeah, and now we're, I think we're ninth or something like that, but we're going to be hungry. Yeah, Izzo we're, probably... we're five. Really? We're five. Yep. <laughs> we got one loss. Oh, damn. I did not know that. It'd be a good game, though. Yep. We're going to win. It's not even going to be close. I also just need to say I'm very glad that we have the entire Kraus household like on this podcast now. Yeah. It's gonna, a family thing. Maybe I should name the episode episode eighty seven the Kraus family instead of just Derek Kraus. And Stephanie, yeah. of course. And Stephanie, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got everyone. All right. We do you have any pets or anything? Do we need to see them? I had a dog, but she died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Three months ago. Damn, I feel bad now. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move she on now. You played football freshman year, didn't you? You could I practiced, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I played, but what position were you practicing at? <laughs> Running back. Were you good? Clearly not. I used to be good. Like in fourth grade, I was like I was like uh Shoot, what's his name? Derrick Henry. No. Yeah. Who's the Tennessee Titans running yeah, back? Yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be like him in fourth grade, but then I got small, and then I was getting ran over. You didn't get small. Everybody <laughs> just grew, and you didn't. Yeah, we could say that. He's a smart man. Also, I hate to break it to you, but fourth grade and ninth grade, that's like a big difference. Oh, I know. I learned that very fast. <laughs> So you just didn't play in the games? You were just, like, practicing? Well, I guess you were gone on the weekends, right? Yeah. I mean, I played sometimes, but not not a lot. Um, all right. I'm going to get back to some of the funny questions later because I have one that's going to really throw you for a loop. Um, stay okay. tuned on that. But let's get back to a little bit of racing stuff first. Um, you're going to be back with Bill McAnally Racing next year in 2021. That's going to be your fifth in a row with Bill. I feel like you guys are, at this point are just attached at the hip. I couldn't really imagine you anywhere else. I don't think that you could really imagine yourself anywhere else. And you got a new yeah. crew chief along with Matt Matt Noyce too, who crew chief Ben Rhodes last year. So next year is looking bright. Yeah, I mean, I Matt, he's from from Wisconsin, so that's that's a cool thing. Did you and know then, him? So my dad told me stories about him. What, have you ever seen like those kids at the racetrack that are like? underneath the flag stand and do the flags yeah like the so i guess that was him when he was little pretty cool yeah so add all the short tracks up here in wisconsin so my dad knew him my dad knows his dad and uh it's i don't know it's kind of cool i feel like having matt and i feel like matt will be really good he'll be able to bring good things to the program and mm -hmm. uh i'm i'm looking forward to this year i feel like it should be a good year did you have any say in who the crew chief would be, or was it kind of just like a, a bill choice or a um, team choice? A little bit. I mean, it, I definitely had to get along with them. I mean, right. if I didn't get along with the crew chief, that'd be bad. But, uh, I mean, I had a little bit of say. I, actually, I, Bill gave me a lot of who to pick, and uh, I feel like we made the right decision. Because he trusts you, right? Yeah. Yep. After five years together, I hope you guys trust each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like almost – Phil's basically almost like a second dad, really. Yeah. I mean, he he's is. been there for me for basically everything. So uh, he's 
he's, I mean, he's became family friend and just how welcoming they were to me was really good. And uh, they did, I mean, he's got a great team and, and that shows. So let's get to that. When you were welcomed in by BMR, I believe it was 2017 or 2016 when you had a test with them at Kern County Raceway Park. Uh, mm-hmm. Your old crew chief, John Camilleri, told me, and I think it was the last time you raced at Kern for BMR. I was asking him, I was like, why is Derek so freaking good here? And he said, I don't know. It's just the first time that he got here in a test with us he was absolutely like lightning fast and he has been ever since. So that was a pretty good first impression. I guess you could say in 2016 at that test at Kern and he caught Bill's eye clearly and the rest is history. Yeah. I still remember that test. I thought, I mean, I was there with my phone taking pictures of everything and it was a really cool moment. And then just to be able to go out and test was really cool. And Bill, it's Bill is such great guys on the West coast with John and, everyone behind him and uh, I mean like you said ever since then we've been together and I feel like it's really good for me and really good for my career going growing up and learning as much as I can let's go back a little bit before we move forward a little bit more starting out racing in general let me know if I got this all right step one was a box stock go-kart then you went Mm -hmm. to junior ones junior twos bandoleros super trucks super late models and now you're working your way up through the ranks of nascar does that all sound right yep yep that's exactly right can you explain to me what a box stock go-kart is and what the difference is between junior one junior twos because after that i understand all of it but i don't understand the little little stuff well so the first box stock race was there was an age limit mm-hmm. and i was i think two years too young how old and my dad's like how old was I when I first started go-kart racing? Um, nine or seven? You were just eight, going to turn nine. Oh, I was eight, going to turn nine, gotcha. I think. And my dad's like, go out there and just make laps. Like, you're too young, can't get caught with this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Didn't really understand it, but I went out there and did whatever. And then I think the next year I raced junior one or junior two, and then at like the bigger, tr- bigger like national stuff, I raced junior one and two, and then I raced a different class, and that's how I met Ty, was mm-hmm. at the go kart track, and then ever since then, Ty and I have been buddies, and uh, but then after that was Bandoleros and like you said trucks, and then late models and K and N and trucks. Now, did you see the picture I tweeted out this morning of you? No, I have not looked at Twitter. Um, all right. Well, I want to stay on. Is Stephanie still there with you? Yeah. Ask her to go to my Twitter page and see the picture of you that I tweeted out this morning. I want to see your live reaction, please. Is it? Davey Siegel. Y. Space. S. E. G. Right there. Not even verified. I know. BS. Oh, that's a throwback. Hey, funny story about that. So my dad used to help Claire and Paige Decker. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad because they took him to the race and he wasn't at my race. Oh, yeah. And my mom was there. It was my mom, me, Lauren, maybe, and then my uncle, Johnny. 
mm-hmm. and it was us four at the racetrack, and I was so mad because my dad couldn't go, and that was, yeah, my mom had a broken arm because she didn't pay attention to the caution wet sign, and she walked by it and slipped and broke her arm. Oh, yeah, but that's the story behind that race. But that that's an old picture. I know. I dug deep in the archives for that one. <laughs> yeah. I may or may not have just went to your Instagram and scrolled back to your very first post. <laughs> Is that it? Uh, that's not your first one. Your first one was something else, but <laughs> I actually laughed because the caption of it was just my car. And that was the <laughs> caption. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's came a long ways. I got to do my research for my guests, Eric. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and also, I mean, that picture that I tweeted out, you were in the number nine car, super late. So you run the number nine. Uh, not, the nine is taken in trucks, but you run the 19. The nine is because your dad ran that number when he was racing and you just want to carry on that family tradition, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I like the number nine. Mm-hmm. He, I think he took it from Bill Elliott mm-hmm. and just. That was Johnny's favorite great your great uncle johnny uh-huh. liked bill elliott uh-huh. and johnny helped dad get started and that's how you end up like, oh. oh well if you heard that that's the story behind it we should just and have your mom on next week i mean yeah you. and then that's the that's the story behind it all and i've but, always been nine that's pretty cool it's also cool now because you got the tie-in mm-hmm. with napa auto parts obviously and Bill's son, Chase, mm-hmm. with Napa as well, won the championship this year. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's all kind of coming full circle. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 The, that's, I guess I never really thought about that. But now that I do, that is pretty cool. Let's talk about Napa for a quick second because they've been involved in motorsports forever as long as we've been alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a, I mean, they go across all motorsports. You got Chase and Cup, you and Trucks. Uh, Brad Sweet out on dirt, Ron Caps. Like, there's a plethora of Napa Auto Parts racing athletes. And I know you guys do some events together here and there. You probably haven't this year because of COVID, but I assume mm-hmm. that you've gotten to meet all those drivers and kind of maybe pick their brains and just learn from them about their specific disciplines. That probably is pretty cool to have. Yeah, that uh, last year we went to a convention in Vegas, mm-hmm. and that was really cool because everyone was there. Brad, Alexander Rossi. Right. I forgot. Uh, every, I mean, everyone was there. Chase was there and that was really cool. We all, I mean, they're all really nice people. Uh, yeah. they're, I mean, everyone's got different backgrounds, like you said, with their racing wise. And it's really cool to hear them tell stories about what, what happened to them. And Ron Caps is probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And he's, he's really cool and a really cool guy too. And, uh, it's, those those events are really cool. So let's go back to KN for a little bit and then we'll hit on some fun ones and I'll let you go because I've kept you a long time, but I really appreciate okay. it. Um the okay. twenty eighteen or sorry, the twenty seventeen season. That was your rookie year in KN. Um yep. you ran well all year long and you didn't win until the last race at Kern. Shocker. Mm-hmm. I feel I remember that race because Todd won the championship, you won the race. It was a big night for BMR. And I, I remember you in Victory Lane, I mean I can still see your baby face now, but that was really big for your confidence though. I know because, you know, going into the next year, which was going to be a really pivotal year for you and your development, going in with that confidence, knowing that you had won a race and you can actually get the job done. 
that win had to probably mean a lot in the grand scheme. Yeah, that that was definitely a really big win. And the one thing I was worried about during that race was like Todd, like because he had the championship wrapped up basically, yeah. and I was worried that he just wasn't pushing it and like felt like he was faster than me. Yeah, and I remember like first thing we get when we got back to my car or the rental car, I was like, Dad did. Todd push it like could have he passed me and he's like no he he I thought the same thing but then as soon as I saw him start moving around and like searching for different lines and being able to go faster than I knew that he was he was going as hard as he could and I thought that was really cool and just to be able to win there at Kern yeah. that was the first of I think five <laughs> yeah so that, I asked Bill to get me in a car this year at Kern and he didn't he didn't let me really yeah. It's like a win waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, you never know, but there's yeah. a good chance. <laughs> so let's go to the 2018 opener at Kern. So you finished the 2017 mm-hmm. off with the win. 2018, you open it up at Kern. And uh, mm-hmm. 2014 Cup Series champion Kevin Harvick was in the field that day. You roughed him up a little bit, didn't you? I mean, you. He- People say it, but I was three wide at like the last second and I didn't want to wreck myself. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was kind of a racing deal. He I made think. some contact. But it, that was I it. remember him. Yeah. I remember the crowd. That was like the loudest cheer I've ever gotten. Really? And I thought that was cool. Yeah. There was, there was a mixture of cheers and boos. Because but, you would think it's at Kern. It's Kevin's home track, so people would want him to yeah, win. Yeah, there was a mixture know. of cheers and boos. But uh, I remember he came up after the race. He didn't make it all the way to the car, but he stopped and was, like, talking to some people. Like, there's a bunch of people talking to him. And I remember when he was walking away, he yelled at Bill, and he goes, Hey, Bill, tell that kid I don't remember his name. And I looked at Bill, and Bill looked at me, and he goes, well, that was kind of our goal tonight, wasn't it? And I was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that. But I don't know. I still remember that to that day. Him yelling up that up at Bill, and I was like, Wow. But That's you're a big incredible. Kevin Harvick fan, so you're probably on his side, aren't you? No, I was a big Kevin Harvick fan, and then when I transitioned into a professional media correspondent, I understood that I needed to forego my biases. So I'm no longer a Kevin Harvick fan, but I'm not afraid of embracing my past. I was a big Kevin Harvick super fan. Was. I am not anymore. Remember when you would wear the socks? Of course I remember when I, I wore the socks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything was Kevin Harvick. Look, if I was at the racetrack on race day, I had to rep, you know? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> that was the past me. It's not me now. Okay. I'm not proud of some of the things past me did, but I will not shy away from them. You need to embrace your past, but that ain't me anymore. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. I will say, when you guys made contact, though, I was like, because, you know, like, you were one of the first people that I uh, developed a professional relationship and friendship with, like, at the track. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was Kevin. So when you guys, when you two, like, made contact, I was like, oh, no, what do I do? (laughs) I was so conflicted. Uh, but it was, it was a good race. So that was 2018 yeah. opener at current. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. So we got 2017, 2018. Let's go to 2019. 
Colorado. This is probably the question you get from uh, most people. I, I see your face. But I, I'm, I'm actually yeah. giving you some credit here. So we know th- what happened at the end. Haley Deegan wrecks you. She wins the race. But you're in the lead, and people forget that you had a broken sway bar for, like, more than half the race, and you were still in mm-hmm. position to win. Yeah. So I remember I remember when it happened, like, because it was one of my best lines on the radio ever. Like, I was warming the tires up, and I felt it. I'm like, John, I think the sway bar is broke. And everybody was like, no, 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 you're just feeling something. The left rear spring's really soft, and that's what you're feeling. So we took off, and the thing looked like a monster truck. And I remember coming over the radio. I said, hey, John, next time are you going to believe me? And <laughs> I remember saying that, and you know how John got when he was down? He was like just – uh, just down. Yeah, you yeah. could hear it in his voice. He goes, yeah, buddy, I'll believe you next time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I was running third and it was so, I was so mad because I knew how fast the car was because uh-huh. the car was, I mean, to be honest, the car would easily won that race. Yeah. You had a and, broken sway bar and you were still dominating. Yeah. And I was got to third on the restart and Haley left a huge hole. So I'm like, might as well do it. And then Chris Eggleston was actually spot for me that race. Mm. And then went down to turn three and next thing you know, I'm spun out and I don't know, that was a rough race or a rough ending to a race. I should, should say. Yeah. But, uh, I remember after that race, there were so many people cause Colorado was always packed. Mm-hmm. Remember how packed Colorado yeah, always used to huge. be? Very packed. Um, so I remember after the race, there were so many people around, like so many. And I remember Heather came up and interviewed me. And remember when Chase Elliott said in his interview, you he got said, nothing uh, nice to say, don't say anything at yeah, all. I remember my mom always told me, you got nothing nice to say, don't yep. say anything at all. I used that line. I yep. was really proud of it. And uh, then we were walking out because I basically got interviewed, changed and left. Mm-hmm. I remember Bill grabbed me. And I pulled up a picture of, remember Tony Stewart on the tires at Sonoma? Yeah, yeah. Because the next week was Sonoma. I pulled that picture up. I said, Bill, this is going to be her. Uh, That's all I got to say. I'm leaving. (laughs) See ya. He's like, no, 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 no. Just stay up. Stay here and talk to me for a little bit. I was like, you're not changing my mind. This is what it's going to be. And I remember, I remember I caught her at Sonoma. She got fast time, and that just made it worse. So then I was madder yet. I remember I caught her at Sonoma, and I was looking. I was like, here we go. And I was behind her, and I think John said something on the radio, like, be smart or something like that. And then next thing you know, I get the the point out the window, go on by, and I didn't even get an opportunity to. Man. But that was the whole story behind that. See, and I read something too. I think because uh, at Oregon, Douglas County, that was the night that you led all 150 laps. And before the race, after you were quickest in practice and won the pole, I told you that I thought you were going to lead all, all 150 laps. And you said, all right, we'll see. And then in the Victory Lane mm-hmm. interview, I told you that I called it. Anyways, um, yeah. it was at that race where Jeff Gluck of The Athletic was there and he did a profile on you. And you were quoted in that saying that you would never have the balls to wreck somebody because you know what goes into building the cars and all that goes into yeah. it, the people, all that kind of stuff. I, Yeah, I wouldn't. 
I, I, I'll say I will, but I. Seems I like you were ready to. I know, but I, I don't think I could. Really? Unless it was something really bad, I don't think I could. You, you were prepared to do it at Sonoma until she gave you the finger to let you go. Yeah, but I don't think I would have. I, I would talk like I would, but yeah. I don't. I don't think I would have. Moving on. I know you had some hopes and some thoughts of running full-time for the East and the West title. Um, and you said it, Watkins, Glenn, or Bristol, I forget which one. You wound up being over 10 points back, and Bill ended up pulling the plug um, on the East title. You still wound up going on to win the West championship, which we'll get to in a second. But when that plug was pulled and, and you knew that you weren't going to be able to go for both, were you kind of sad or were you like, eh, I saw this coming, it is what it is, let's just focus on the West? Like, what, Where was your mindset at then? Um, you know, really, I think it was, I was kind of disappointed and sad because I knew like, I mean, Sam would have been tough to beat regardless. Yeah, I sure. mean, he was really fast, but I felt like at the short tracks, we were able to keep up with him and beat him at the short tracks. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just the bigger track stuff, we had no chance, Yeah, but that was basically the whole field. So it was, I mean, I kind of. I mean, part of me knew, like, the realistic part of me knew, like, it was going to eventually come, but I didn't want to give up, and I never liked giving up. So mm-hmm. uh, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of not the, I don't know, it was kind of the right thing to do, but yeah. it was just whatever. You wound up winning the West title, so all was not mm-hmm. lost. And I remember yeah. very vividly standing in victory lane at Phoenix and you could not open the sparkling cider to save your life. No. Remember we I tried I think you're still trying to open that. Trophy? I do remember. Remember that. we tried breaking it? I Oh, all the Christmas stuff took it off the shelf, but they were they were still on the shelf, but Yeah. No one could open it. I wasn't no. the only one. I know. Your whole team was trying to, and then once you got it, you came over, you just poured it on me. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that that was fun, was it not? I mean, yeah, it was fun. I've always dreamed so, of getting a champagne shower. So we went to Homestead the next week. Right. And my suit was in the trailer, and it Oof. never got washed. And I pulled the suit out, and it was full mold. Really? Yeah, the suit was drunk. So what would you do? You had to get a new suit? No. Well, luckily, it was a – I think it was a Scusa race, so I had a Scusa uh-huh. suit. It was, yeah. And then – my Napa suit was done for the year, but I still have that suit today, and it's still got moldy spots on the yellow oh, that you can see. Washed. It's washed, but you can it's still see it. It's all right. Makes for a good story, right? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Scusa, did you uh, did Stephanie get one yesterday for Christmas or something? Yeah. Aren't I nice? You are really <laughs> nice. It's not like you yeah. have a hookup or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good for you. Um, the Phoenix title. Was that uh-huh. was that more of a culmination of like an ultimate goal achieved for you and your family? Was it a, was it that? Was it more so like this is only a first step to bigger, greener pastures and moving up the ranks in NASCAR? Was it a little bit of both? I mean, that celebration I know meant a lot to you because your whole family goes with you to every single race possible, and you guys mm-hmm. are one of the only families, I think maybe the only family on the Canaan West Circuit at the time that you know, traveled as a family, did everything together. You guys are a very close knit unit. So 
celebrating, achieving that goal. That did really mean a lot. And I know that's really cliche to say, but your family's been on the podcast so far today. And I know yeah. how much that, that day and that win championship meant to you guys. So looking back on it now, I'm sure that it probably means all the more. Yeah. Now looking back on it, I mean, it was really cool being able to, well, it was, it wasn't stressful, which was good mm-hmm. going to uh, Phoenix and just, just having had to start the race. Place. Right. Yeah. And so that was good. I mean, at least it wasn't like a tight two point battle that I had to finish a certain spot ahead of someone else. But right. uh, that was that was good. I felt like, and then just being able to celebrate it with my family and everyone that was there. And then my yeah. So there was two guys that came there from that used to help me on the late model mm-hmm. when I was younger, and they were able to come there with their wives. Cool. And that was that was really cool too. Yeah, that's nice. Well, you mentioned Sonoma 2019. I, I skipped over it real quick, but remember when you like hopped in a Trans Am car to prep for it and you won the damn race? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was with that David Smith. Yeah. He different David Smith. Different one, yeah. He, yeah, the shockwave guy and he so he is I believe he's seventy two years old. Mm-hmm maybe older and he survived cancer and he this is he's living his dream right now racing mm-hmm. race cars and i was he was supposed to race but i blew the motor in the car that i was supposed to race and i hopped in it for qualifying and i'm like oh this ain't gonna be good like the seat didn't fit nothing fit the pedals were too far away the steering wheel was too far away yeah and then i got fast time by like a second or something like that i was like oh perfect this is yeah. good and in the race, I led like a lot of the race and ended up winning. And that those Trans Am races are a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, Michael Self's now going to work in the Trans Am world full time. So that's cool. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Freddie Kraft a little bit earlier. He's been your spotter mm-hmm. for a long time, about as long as you've been racing anything really competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody gives him a lot of crap and deservedly so because he's Freddie. Um but yeah. he is a he is a veteran spotter, and to have that presence on the spotter stand and that voice in your ear, just you know that trust that you guys have developed over the years from super late model racing, now in the trucks, and I'm sure when you move up, he'll hopefully go with you. It's good to have him in your ear because he's just one of those people that you can trust and know whatever he says to do, you'll do it. As evidence mm-hmm. of the preferred groove restarting in the choose cone, right? Yeah, he. So he's got a funny story when he first, cause I was 12 years old when he first. And he like, thought you were like nine years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, how old's this kid? And someone said 12 and he's like, oh, he goes, just keep him out of trouble and just make sure you finish the race. And he's the way he tells it, it's really funny. And, uh, but yeah, ever since then, Freddie's been with me and, yeah. uh, he's, he's like the guy that I listen to. So yeah, that's good to have trust like we do. All right, Derek, this has been awesome. It's been actually one of my, no, no joke, one of my favorite episodes I've done in a while. It's been fun. I'm glad that I got you out of your shell, but I'm not letting yeah. you go without one final question. Okay. I heard that you have a green toenail. <laughs> Who told you about this? It's not important, but do you have one or not? It's not green, it's brown. <laughs> it's black. Black. How? Why? When? (laughs) So, a few years ago, I was pushing the... 
it was when I was racing the truck and I was pushing the truck in the hauler and my foot must have went underneath the trailer door and it came down on it and it smashed and I pulled it out really fast and I was like bawling. I mean, I was younger and I was laying on the ground. My mom's like, let me take your sock off. She took my sock off and I watched the toenail fall down to the ground. It was bad. Yikes. It was, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> what toenail is it? My big toe. Which foot? Right. Oh, that's not optimal. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to ask to see it because that is not good podcast. Yeah, no, video. you aren't going to see it anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, whoever told me that will remain a mystery. <laughs> or I can just tell you once we sign off here. <laughs> Uh, all right, one serious question. Um, okay. 2021, your second year in trucks, second year with MHR, new crew chief. Unfortunately, you won't have a lot of practice, not a lot of qualifying, but you're going to a lot of these places for the second time, so you have some more experience there. Realistic mm-hmm. expectations for 2021, what are we thinking? Wins, playoffs, how far are we thinking? I mean, I, I want to win. I mean, that's definitely the goal, but... I mean, the truck series is tough. I mean, there's a lot of good guys in it. John Hunter's racing it this year again. And, yeah. Uh, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of good trucks in it. So if I can win, that'll be really big and make the playoffs. I mean, that's definitely the goal. I want to be able to make the playoffs and just have a good, clean year, not tear up a lot of stuff at all, and um, hopefully get get a win. Derek Krause, this has been fun. It's great to catch up with you, boy. Uh, be well. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you for uh, introducing me to your girlfriend and letting me say hi to the rest of the family. It's been fun. Yeah. Enjoy some cheese right. curds. Enjoy some Jack's pizza. Enjoy some Mountain Dew. And I, I will try Jack's pizza sometime soon, and I'll let you know how it is. All right. Perfect. Give me the review. You got it. And we're back. Ha. Huh. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. It was so much fun to just listen back to it while I was editing it. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as well. It was honestly just great to catch up with him. As I said, I mean, we give each other a lot of crap, but um, you know, when he got into NASCAR and I got into reporting on it, we kind of were starting together and we've grown up together a little bit, got his braces off. Wow. How about that? And um, it was just great for you guys to see the Derek that I know. Cause I don't think that a lot of people have been fortunate enough to see that, but I'm glad that you got a little bit of a glimpse, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Look at that of the week. Cue that funky music, white boy. Jeffrey Earnhardt is going to return to JD Motorsports and pilot an entry full-time over there next season, along with Colby Howard, who will be doing the same. No update yet from recurring guest of the show and friend of the program, Ryan Vargas, but I'm sure he will have something, hopefully, to announce in terms of his Xfinity Series schedule for 2021 sometime soon. Let's stick with Xfinity. The Dash for Cash schedule was unveiled this week. Races are going to be at Martinsville, Talladega, Darlington, and Dover. And the Triple Truck Challenge races, say that five times fast, will be at Darlington, Coda, that'll be fun, and Charlotte on the Oval. So not the Oval, but the Oval. Arkham Menard Series East and West schedules were unveiled this past week. East schedule, run it down for you. New Smyrna, Five Flags in Pensacola, Nashville Fairgrounds, 
Dover, Southern National, which is in Kenley, North Carolina, Iowa, the Milwaukee Mile, and Bristol. So those are going to be on the east schedule, and the west will look as follows. Phoenix, Sonoma, Irwindale, Colorado, Irwindale again, Portland, looking forward to that one, Boring at Las Vegas, All-American in Roseville, and closing it out in Phoenix as well. So hopefully we'll have, we'll have some good action for the Arkman Art Series East and West. And unfortunately, some some sad ending news this week. Sherry Pollock's longtime girlfriend of Martin Truex Jr., she was undergoing treatment for some recurrence of ovarian cancer that she has. She posted some pictures from the hospital with Martin with her and getting some treatment from the doctors. And she posted an update last Friday night that the surgery had been a success and that they were able to remove three visible tumors. She was very grateful for the amazing doctors and nurses. And she says, of course, her family and friends. So we always, always continue uh, to give our best to Sherry Pollux and everybody out there fighting the good fight. But Sherry, we're all fighting for you and we are all Sherry strong. That will wrap things up for episode 87 of Victory Lane 2.0. Do me a favor. If you like what you heard today, please drop me a line. Rating, review, subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Usually wherever you get your podcast, we should be available on whatever device for your consumption. It is very much appreciated if you leave a rating and a review. It really does help us out. And I still have those Motor Trend subscriptions to give away, but soon apparently nobody wants them besides my dad but i still got those giveaway so let me know and we'll talk to you guys next week on another episode of victory lane episode 88 my dad's got a lot cooking up for that one he's a big dale jarrett fan until then catch on the flip side